demons and all this stuff. There's incredibly uh, out of this world cruel. They want you to live and they want humankind to live in just darkness, in pain, in, in, in the vileness of shame and guilt of sin. But Jesus decided that wasn't going to be the end for mankind. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they said, we, we have a plan for this. And the plan was to send Jesus, wasn't it? The plan was to send Jesus into this world and remove the shadow and the guilt and the shame and all of the consequences of sin. <laughs> now, I, I talk about my kids a lot, and I was looking at a picture the other day. Now, mind you, be careful with this, with this you know, allergy that I'm, <laughs> allegory that I'm going to make, but I remember there was a picture of myself on the bed, and I had all my kids stacked up on top of me, right? And as they get older... They're not little anymore, right, Dan? They, what happened? I don't know. They get huge on us. And, and so I just remember, oh, like I used to be able to like put them on my back and do push-ups and just crawl around and be all this. But as they got bigger, all of a sudden I'm like on the ground and I'm just completely smothered. I, can't, <laughs> I tried to do a push-up. I couldn't do it, right? And, of course, that's in love and that's all that stuff. But that weight of, of feeling like that, that is what actually the enemy wants to do to us in a dark and horrible way. He wants you to feel you're so overwhelmed, there's so much darkness, there's no hope whatsoever, and you try to get up by your own strength, and you just, ugh, your arms give out, and you lay there, and you feel like your lungs are being just pressed into. What a horrible thing. Over the years, I've had this phrase where I say this. I say, there is no joy like the joy of sin forgiven. Do you remember that? When you... You've messed up, or maybe you were your first time coming to Christ, and you say, Lord, take it all. And he says, I'll do that. And he lifts that weight off of you. Do you ever have that, that feeling like when the sin is forgiven and you're, you're able to take a deep breath for the first time in like forever? You're like, what is that? That feels really good. You know what that is? That's freedom. That's freedom. Freedom to breathe. Freedom to to be able to put that behind you, freedom to let the light of hope shine into our lives. And so this kingdom culture, core value number 10, free, we are free and responsible. This morning I just want to take a little bit of time and talk about the freedom that we have in Christ. You see, Christ died to set us free from sin, death, fear, and shame in order to establish us in freedom. Everybody say, in freedom. In fact, let's even go back a word to establish us in freedom. Go ahead. Establish us in freedom. You know what that means? That means that you're not just forgiven of your sins and then you go right back to what you were doing, right? Like, I think Mike is pretty open about his journey. And uh, Mike, you know, was a, was a drinker for a long time. And he will tell you that, that he would take, like, two steps forward and then one step back, Right? And, and, and to, but, but to keep moving forward. You see, God wanted Mike to be free from alcohol, not just for a month or a week, you know. He doesn't want you free just, you know, enough to get rid of the guilt of sin so that, you know, maybe you, you know, might go back and do it later. No, no, he wants to establish us in freedom. So, in essence, that freedom is our lifestyle, that we walk in freedom, that we interact with people around us in freedom, you know, I don't know, I think that, that we need to work on this 
as the church of Jesus Christ, you know, as a whole thing. This idea that we have had our sins forgiven, you guys. This is pretty awesome. And the Bible is really clear about this. Like, you know, when he forgives our sins, it, it declares it like this. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. Right? Now, we've talked about this. Some of you are familiar with this, but I'll just say it again. You notice how God didn't say north and south. As far as the north is from the south, so as far I removed your sin from you. Right? Because at some point, if you travel north over the planet, at some point, you will then start to go south. In essence, if it was north and south, you'd run into your sin again. <laughs> but he didn't say that. He said, as far as the east is from the west, start traveling east on the globe, and guess what? You will never go west. You'll never run into west. You'll just keep going east. It's perpetually. And so, in essence, God wanted you to know this, that as, as far as the east is from the west, you will never run into your sin again. I will hold your sin against you no more, he says. He says, I will wash you whiter than snow. You are as white as snow. How he sees you, and, and he also says this. He says, I will remember your sin, say it with me, no more. You know? In Corinthians 13, it talks about that love keeps no record of wrong. Come on. <laughs> How many of us struggle a little bit sometimes with keeping a record of wrong? If you're married, you struggle with this. I'm just not even going to pretend that you don't. You know? <laughs> if you have children, you remember, right? Oh, I can't believe it. But you know what? God says the goal, the standard is that we would re- our sins would be remembered no more. There's no ledger. There's no record keeping with God. He actually says, listen, I want you free. I want you free from all of that guilt, all of that shame, I, the ledger. And the devil loves to bring it back, doesn't he? How many of you would just be honest? Don't tell anybody. But just raise your hand. If, if this week the enemy brought up a sin from your past, any time in your past, just raise your hand. Come on, really? Let's be more honest than that. <laughs> okay. It's what he does. We talked about him last week. It says what? He's the accuser of the brethren. His job is to bring up all the mistakes you used to do and who you were and what you've made. And it's God's job is to what? Remember your sin no more. That is pretty incredible, folks. So if you're remembering your sin, you're speaking the devil's language. Anybody want to speak the devil's language? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I don't want to communicate with him. I don't want to speak his words. I don't want to, I don't want to live in his, you know, judgmental, accusatory, you know, all that stuff. I want my sins to be as far as the east is from the west and remembered no more. Amen? That's what God has for us. And so Christ died to set us free from sin, death, fear, and shame in order to establish us in freedom to establish us in freedom so we can live and love as God's glorious children. I wonder what the church of Jesus Christ would look like if we really got a hold of this. I think a lot of us are on a good, you know, we're we're making steps, we're moving forward in this thing. But what if like hundreds of thousands and millions of Christians didn't live in guilt and shame anymore? They lived and walked in freedom. What would happen to our world? (laughs) I mean, wow, right? 
And I can't control anybody else. I tell my kids this all the time, and I tell other people, I can't control anybody else, but I can control me. I can decide I'm going to trust God. I can decide I'm going to take the truth of God's Word, and I'm going to let that be my reality. Amen? I can choose freedom. I can't choose it for you, but I can choose it for me. And if my freedom is so amazing and glowing that it makes you want what I have, then, I, then that's a win. Amen? That's really what it is, to live as God's glorious children. Let me just run you through a few verses this morning. In uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, some of you are familiar with this. In the, in the NIV, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Can we say it out loud together? No condemnation. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. It doesn't say, therefore, in the future, there might be no condemnation. It's right now. Everybody stand up. Just stand up with me. I'm serious. When you get emphatic about something or we get emphatic, what do we do? We, we stamp our foot in the ground, right? We get like, mm, now. Here's what I want to do. Therefore, there is now. Everybody stamp your foot. Now, no condemnation. Do it again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. One more time. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. High five the person next to you and sit down. (laughs) Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have accepted Christ as as your Lord and your Savior, there is therefore now no condemnation. None. Not a little, not a hint, not a suggestion. Completely gone, completely free. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. Everybody say free from the law of sin and death. I would go so far as to say this is actually the number one enemy, enemy's tool that he uses. This is the number one tool of the enemy. Have you ever thought, I'm going to pray for that person, and all of a sudden that thing goes zing into your head, and you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not holy enough, or oh, I did that sin three weeks ago yesterday, and oh, right? And then what do you do? You go, oh, I guess I'm not going to pray for them. <laughs> what? You just, you just spoke the devil's language. And I would say to you today, I would, I would challenge you today that you have been set free from the law of sin and death. And therefore, that there is now no condemnation. Amen? Look, it's even better in the Passion Translation. It says this, same verse, Passion Translation. It says, so now the case is closed, period, right? There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in a life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Liberated. And I love that first one. The case is closed. That's it. It's done. You know? I love watching lawyer dramas and stuff, you know, trial stuff. I love those kind of movies and stuff. And don't you love it when the, when the gavel comes down? Boom. Case dismissed. You're free to go. Right? And that's what the judge The Father says, case closed, you're free. Get out of here. Now go live free. (laughs) Be established in freedom, amen? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, it is for freedom 
that Christ set us free. For the longest time, I didn't understand what that meant. I thought it was being redundant. Like, what's he? I don't get it. What's he? It is for freedom that he set you free. You know what it means? It means to establish us in freedom. Not just to get free to get your sins forgiven so you can get to heaven, but to be set free so we actually exhibit and, and ooze, if you will, freedom. We just walk around doing freedom. How many of you think it would be fun? You know, like, I love superhero movies, you know. My daughters and I, we, we do these little marathon movies, so we've done Marvel and all these different things. Now we're watching the X-Men, you know. And they have all these mutants and all these different kind of people with all these powers and stuff. And I was just thinking the other night, I was thinking, you know, I would love to have a superpower, you know? And we kind of do. But imagine a superpower like this, that we're so free and we're just oozing freedom that we walk by anybody that's locked and all of a sudden, chink, their chains just fall off on the ground, right? Walk up to the next person, boom, their chains fall off. The lock's undone. All that guilt and shame, whatever from the past, boom, done. You know, we're just walking around, touching people. And, and that's kind of what it means. He said it is for freedom that he set us free. Like, we're supposed to be the purveyors and the ambassadors of freedom, even superpowers of freedom, walking around just declaring. Because I will tell you this, there is a lot of people in this world that don't have any idea that they can be free. I think if we could actually see into people's minds and hearts how much darkness and how much locked and caged and and prisoners that they felt... You know, what if we actually walked around being free? And every time the devil comes in with one of those accusatory lies and sin, you did this in the past, ah, I'm not speaking your language. I'm Captain Freedom. <laughs> right? I'm just walking around being freedom all over the place. Amen? It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. Therefore, whenever you see therefore in scriptures, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's what it's there for. <laughs> it's a challenge and a choice. See, we're not zombies and robots. We actually have to choose to be these people, right? I think there's a lot of lazy Christians in the world that we just kind of, oh, God, do it. You know? And God's like, I'll do it, but you got to move. You know, like we got to take a step. You got to walk. You know? If you, uh, you want to do this, you actually have to live it and declare it and be it. Amen. So you got to chew it. And then he says, listen, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You know, that's what it felt like, wasn't it, when you were in sin? Some of you before you knew Christ or even, you know, some some people have struggled with certain sins and habits and stuff. Do you know what that is? Like we're not very um, agrarian in other words, we're not really agricultural people too much. Any farmers here? Nope. Anybody have a garden? That's about as close as we get. Okay. <laughs> but it, and you know, you've seen the pictures and maybe movies and videos. You've seen where they take oxen or even horses and they put a yoke on them. It's a big, like, burdensome thing that they, they do. And then they use it for plowing. You know, they do this thing. And... Uh, that's what that he's talking about there. 
He said it's the yoke of slavery. And doesn't it feel that way when the devil comes back at you and like, oh, remember that thing you did? And, oh, you messed up. Look what you did. You yelled at your wife or, you know, the kid, whatever. Like all these different things. And, and he just wants to put this huge, wooden, cumbersome, painful, awful yoke on you. And you know what Paul is saying to the to Galatians here? He says, listen, it's for freedom he sets you free. You, you're yokeless. <laughs> There's no, there's no yoke on, on you unless you let the devil put it on you. He says, the yoke that you had, I already took it away. It's gone. You're free. He says, therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You have to choose it, folks. When the devil comes in with his crooked finger and he's pointing at you and that those his demons are working on you or whatever and trying to put thoughts in your head of all this horrible stuff and you've been this and you've been that, you know what you get to do? You get to choose. I'm going to be Captain Freedom. I'm going to be Mr. Freedom right now or Mrs. Freedom. Or I'm going to let the devil put that thing back on my neck and I get to walk around like this for the next week. It's a choice. It's a choice. In the Passion Translation, he's, he's doing his thing again. He says, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Right? It's as if he's, like the, like the, the, the translator is, is taking the Greek and the, and, the, and, the, and the Aramaic in the States. And he says, listen, the, the words here in the Greek are so much stronger than they are in English. He's like trying to shake your shoulders and say, listen, let's be clear. The anointed one has set us free. And then what does it say? Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Can you say amen to that? Folks, if you're struggling with depression, some of you, and it's not medical, if you're struggling with having trouble moving forward in Christ, I will tell you that this verse is probably in play in your life in some way. See, we're letting the devil put stuff on us that we were never intended to carry. Right? I think we're supposed to give it to him, like he said, right? And stubbornly refuse to let that thing get back on us. Can we do that together? Stubbornly refuse. Get your fist up. Let's do it. Stubbornly refuse. Ah, I'm not taking it back. I'm, I'm freedom guy. I'm freedom woman. I am not going to let that garbage get back into my life. Whew. Amen. One last verse for us. 2 Corinthians 3.17. In the New American Standard, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. You know, when the Bible teaches us that we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, he literally has brought his liberty and his freedom inside of you and me. The Spirit of the Lord is, where is the Spirit of the Lord? He's right here. And where he is, there's liberty, there's freedom. One last time to the past in translation, it says, now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. There is freedom. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And here's what I want us to do. I just want to take a, a, just a couple of minutes. And I want you just to put your hand on your heart. 
Because so much of freedom is, is what I choose to do with it, right? So much of freedom is, is not based on my circumstances. It's not based on, on uh, my spouse or my kids or my friends or my church. Freedom is all about me and Jesus, right? So just take a moment. I want you just to close your eyes. and Let's just allow Holy Spirit to remind us once again how free we actually are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Lord, remind us once again how free we are in you. If we have turned over the keys of our life to you, if we have given you lordship and allowed your blood to wash us clean, if we've made that choice, then you are inside each and every one of us, and your freedom is meant to reign. So, Just in your own way, why don't you just declare, just say, I am free. I am free. That's what God says, and I choose to believe it. I, I believe your words, God. I am free. I am free. Hallelujah. So, Lord, at times, we have to be reminded of certain truths in your word. And I pray right now that even in this time we've spent this morning looking at your word and being reminded once again that we are not under bondage. We are not under the law of slavery, of sin and death. We actually live in the freedom of what you have won for us. Your victory has allowed us to be free. So, Lord, I speak once again into the truth areas of our life, into the, the deep wells of our inner being, of our souls today, that we would not just hear words in our ears today, but like water that just seeps in, God. The truth of freedom would seep into not only our minds, but our hearts and deep into the inner workings of our souls today. That it's not truth we just add on it actually becomes who I am. It is for freedom that you set us free to walk and be established in complete and utter freedom. Let that be so today. I just feel like just take another moment. Just If you want more of that freedom and that, that truth, just, just ask them. Say, Lord, I want more. Oh, we want more. I don't want it in my head. I don't want it just on a postcard. I want it inside of me, God. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I just declare freedom over your people today. Father, I, I bless everyone in the sound of my voice today that freedom would reign supreme. Not guilt and accusation and all the lies of the enemy, but your freedom would reign in our lives. This, not only today, but throughout every moment of this week, God. Let it be so. Let it be so, in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you. Are you thankful for that this morning? Freedom, amen. Freedom feels good. Freedom feels good. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, freedom looks good on you. Freedom really looks good on you. <laughs> Why don't you just take a couple minutes, say hi to a couple people. We're going to have a meeting of the church. We call it Let's Talk. If this is your church home, 
If this is where you've chosen to be established as a family, then we invite you to come back in 10 minutes. We'll start right at 12 o'clock, and we're just going to have a let's talk time, so feel free to take care of your kids' restroom. If you need to go, we bless you as you go as well. If not, we'll see you right back here at 12 o'clock for Let's Talk.